an example. I was walk walking to my car. I was walking to my car to come up here to do this podcast. Right? I was doing that. Talk to an individual. Um, going through a serious problem. He knows me. He knows I would listen. And I listened. I sat down and I talked to him. I helped him out with material needs. And then I got to be able to pray with him. But he knew that in that moment, that was a safe place. He saw me and he's like, oh my gosh, finally I can talk to somebody about this. And we had that conversation. And that's why I was late getting here. Is because I was going to my car. So very easily what I could have said is, hey guys, I'm going to go talk about ministry on this podcast. Or I can actually be engaging in what I say I'm about. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast. A conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City Missionary Chad Grigsby and Church Planting Catalyst Jason Phillips. Well, welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. It is Jason again, and you are here for part two of our podcast with uh, Josh Shortridge. Uh, I'm joined by Chad Grigsby. Hello, Chad. Hey, Jason. Good to be back here. We couldn't talk to Josh all that we wanted to talk to Josh about in one episode. Well, we literally couldn't because we just spent the 20 minutes in between the two recordings talking about other things. <laughs> so I'm pretty so, sure so we could talk for like five so maybe, episodes. Maybe we'll have four episodes yeah. with Josh. Although I don't just, jo- yeah, I don't know if people want to hear, I don't think people want to hear the ramblings of these us <laughs> three loonies over here. Yeah, talking well, about. Uh, I, I could definitely see that they would want to do that. <laughs> but Josh, it is good for you to be on the podcast again. You're the only guest that we've done a two part podcast with to date. Do you feel honored? Yeah. So nice. Done it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like that response, Josh. That was good. That was funny. Um, So this episode, we want to focus in on urban church planting. And obviously, um, Josh, I'm sure you know, we, we don't have a ton of urban church plants. We don't have a ton of church plants that are within the 270 um, outer belt. Um, Most of our churches that, um, and planters that we work with are planting in suburban contexts. And um, one of the things that Chad and I are really passionate about is um, expanding our diversity and getting into the city more um, and hopefully creating a network that more directly reflects the um, city that we um, exist in. And so from your perspective, being in the city, um, can you just communicate a little bit about the need for urban church plants in our city? <coughs> Um, so in general, right, um, we need churches planted, right? So regardless of, uh, socioeconomic or diversity, we need to see more churches planted. So when we have these gaps in where we see our churches are currently being planted, then it's ideally like, all right, now we have to move in there. Uh, so my thought about it is, uh, these are people who have, uh, eternal destinies and they have, you know, uh, I talked in the previous episode about the Imago Dei, creating the image and likeness of God. And uh, I think of the old Moravians when they when they talk about, like, is not he worthy of his sacrifice? Like, Christ died. The Lamb of God died in order to redeem a people for his own possession. So, like, are they not worth it in these contexts to go and, and give up uh, our lives in order to make sure that regardless where that is, right? I'm not even talking about urban context, uh, but like revitalization and, and rural context. Like, what does it look like out there? Like, are, are we just pocketing here? So any place that there is, um, you know, churches to be planted, I'm all for it. 
because like that's what I want to see more than anything is the gospel going uh, to the least of these uh, to the nations, right? That's what I want to see. Yeah, I love what Tim Keller says. Tim Tim Keller says we need churches wherever there are people. Yeah, yeah, we need pastors wherever there are people. Yes, um, but as a network, as Send Columbus, right? Yes. That is our local expression of Send Network here. Uh, a, a lot of our church plants have been in non-Columbus zip codes. Yeah. So we do we do want to have this emphasis yes. on how do we reach people in the city. Yes. What would you say, though, is the big difference between maybe planting in a rural, suburban context versus planting in an urban context? So even that um, distinction, I would have a little bit of pushback on. Yeah. Uh, because I would say suburban mm-hmm. is out there by itself. Uh, okay. And then rural context and urban context, very much similar. Hmm. And when I say that, I mean, um, so I've been in rural context, I understand that. Been in urban context, I understand that. Been in suburban context, and I understand that. Uh, the reality is, when you're in a rural context, you can go to the local place. People are more pleasant. They exchange, like, waves and highs and say, hey, how are you doing? Hmm. And then you can go to the local, uh, you know, grocery store and and be able to engage in that way. Same thing with the urban context. You have your local store that you go into, and even if you're block, you're, you're walking it, right? So you know it, and you know the people there. You know who live in those houses. You guys show up at the same park and stuff like that. So it's very much like that. But what happens is uh, in suburban context, you know, it's hard enough to get a word in edgewise and it's hard enough to like, you know, people will come in and, you know, they go right into their garage, the garage port shuts mm-hmm. and then they go right into their house. They don't engage with anybody. And I'm saying I've lived in these three different distinct things. So I've always said that the urban context and the rural context are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Right. So they are really much uh, closer together. They're more kin. And then you have that awkward cousin called the suburbanites so <laughs> for that. Uh, people listening, I just you know what I'm saying is true. So like you guys know what I'm talking about. It's not it shouldn't come as a shock. But but so when it comes to that, I really do think that the urban context that we're in, um, it is far more um, based on community in the sense that like um that is our mode of uh, transaction, right? Where suburban context, uh, from my estimation, remember, I'm, I'm painting with broad brushstrokes here, mm-hmm. uh, but from my estimation of what I've seen, it's very transactional. Like, even in communication where person A can talk to person B, and once they get to the end of that conversation because they have transacted whatever it is, and then it's done. But in, in my context, uh, really, the conversation itself is the nucleus of... Um, of life. So like we can have conversations that last 20 minutes in a suburban context, but four hours, uh, because we're just engaging in a different way. So culturally it's just a fascinating thing that I've noticed where it's just like being able to be present with individuals in their life. Um, I love that. I love that. And I'm thankful for that. So it sounds like you said in suburban context, the transaction is the priority, but in urban and rural context, the conversation is the transaction. Yeah. Like is that, that, that is the, yeah, the, <laughs> that is the, that is the main catalyst for like the yeah. conversation is the main thing. It's not a means to an end. So how do you think that changes the way that you do ministry within the context of an urban environment? Um, so you're present more allowing people to just be present and to speak and have conversations. Um, understanding that, uh, you know, just going to your next thing, isn't the end goal, but being present at that moment 
is really like pays dividends in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I talk about like three C's over and over again, especially in our context, but this works across the board. Um, and I've even added a fourth element to it that encapsulates it. Is it another it. C? Because it needs to start. This with sounds C. like a very Southern Baptist. Uh, this is, is almost a like a, a sermon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can so so <laughs> what, what I'm going to say is it's really, it, it really is. And this is what I see. But you need to have compassion consistency and competency, right? Mm -hmm. So with compassion, you need to be present for individuals and their needs and whatever that is. And then you need to have a uh, consistency. So being present, answering the door, knowing that you're somebody that they can be able to talk to at any moment. And then, uh, when, when it comes to competency, uh, so say like uh, Fred uh, says, hey, man, I need $20 for gas, but you know Fred doesn't have a car. Most likely he doesn't <laughs> need $20 for gas. So being able to know that. And then that fourth C, I would encapsulate all that within like Christ, mm -hmm. right? To be able to have that um, through the lens of Jesus Christ, having a biblical um, character really has to in, encapsulate that because we can be compassionate and consistent and we can have competency, but without Christ, we are doing these things, uh, even transactional almost. So it really takes um, uh, just presence and being present uh, in these contexts and, and it pays dividends. Some, something you said um, about suburbanites opening the garage, pulling in, closing the garage door, it feels like you're describing that, that in, in suburban context, people might stay at their home, yeah. but in urban, rural context, people actually live in their home, their communities. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah. you, you, you're kind of staying out here in the suburbs, but you go somewhere else to do whatever you do day to day. Yeah. But like, it, is that what you're getting at, or am I mis mishearing? Yeah, so, like, what I've noticed, right, mm -hmm. um, is you have housing developments, right? And and, yeah. and like I said, broad brushstrokes. So if anybody feels attacked, I'm not trying to do that. But broad brushstrokes is like you have housing developments with sidewalks. And then like, yeah, you'll have people walking dogs and doing that type of stuff. But it's hard to be interconnected to even your local grocery store. So what do you have to do? You have to get into your car and you have to drive to your local grocery store and you have to park and then you go in. We're spending so much of this time insulated inside vehicles and cars and stuff like that. Um, just in, in my context, there's always people out and always people doing things and always people rubbing shoulders and like at the parks and stuff like that and more apt to have community and com conversations and being able to engage in that. Mm. Um, that I, I just find more comforting and, and refreshing, right? Um, than like having to pull teeth to like engage with like, hey man, like this is my yard, this is my thing. Uh, I want to kind of be left alone. I've just felt that more. And like I said, this is uh, really, um, you know, my personal experience. That This is how I've experienced it. So uh, that's just what I've noticed. It's a lot more open to community um, in the urban context. That probably allows for you to have more... Um, intentional conversations with people because I know like, I mean, it literally is exactly what you're saying in my neighborhood. Like our neighbors across the street who we've, I mean, I've lived there for a year and we've been saying for the last year, Oh, we need to get together and have dinner. And I mean, COVID played a part in that, but right. I mean, it's like people want to do their own thing and we like to pretend like we want to be together, but really it's like, it's really hard to be able to make those connections and then to actually follow through and have those conversations. And so like, those are two people that my wife and I have been praying that we'd have opportunities yeah. to talk to them about Jesus, but like, we don't see them like hardly ever. Yeah. Whereas like, it sounds like you get to rub shoulders and have those kind of be able to have the opportunity to have those conversations on a really consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, 
being able to just engage with new people. Like they, yeah. they find out that like, like, Hey, they move into the neighborhood and they find out like I'm the pastor at this local mission and stuff. This is what we do. And then we're talking for, you know, it seems like two hours and like finding out about their family and finding out about like what their aspirations are, what they do, what they don't like to do and all that stuff. It's just always so much more open uh, in these contexts where it's like, yeah, it's of course. I love that. I like, and we kind of touched on this before, just the incarnational kind of idea that like, I feel like, and it sounds like a lot of times in urban contexts, like your life being interrupted by other people and conversations and running into people and talking about the grocery store is just honestly more okay. And I feel like in my personal yeah. like life, I feel like oftentimes like those things are inconvenient to me a lot of times. And it seems like that's just part of yeah. of life in the city. Yeah. And that's one thing that you have to be okay with is, yeah. um, ministry moments are often disguised as interruptions. Yeah. So like allow yourself to be interrupted. Like, right. You need to get work done, of course, but what is the work that you need to get done? What do you want to see? You want to see people, um, be created more and more in the image and likeness of Jesus. Like that's the reason I'm here is to shepherd people into more Christ likeness, their sanctification. That's what I want to see. Um, so if I get to have a two hour long conversation with an individual and, and get them to, um, have that time where we can just talk about life and death and eternity and um, those type of things. And, and and we can leave looking at Christ more like that's a win, right? That's not mm -hmm. a, that's not a, Oh no, I forgot. I didn't get to do my ministry today and then cross that out and try to do it the next day. No, like that was the ministry mm -hmm. and it's being able to be present and understanding that like we talk about the sovereignty of God, like in this conceptual way, but like we don't want to be inconvenienced by his sovereignty yeah. when he's just present in our lives and people are put here. Mm. So like an example, I was walk walking to my car. I was walking to my car to come up here to do this podcast, right? I was doing that. Talk to an individual um, going through a serious problem. He knows me. He knows I would listen. And I listened. I sat down and I talked to him. I helped him out with material needs and then I got to be able to pray with him. But he knew that in that moment, that was a safe place. He saw me and he's like, oh my gosh, finally I can talk to somebody about this. Mm -hmm. And we had that conversation. And that's why I was late getting here is because I was going to my car. So very easily what I could have said is, hey guys, I'm going to go talk about ministry on this podcast or I can actually be engaging in what I say I'm about. But if that individual came into my life and I'm supposed to shepherd and love and care for individuals in my neighborhood, then if they come up and trust me enough to share one of their most intimate times with me, uh, how dare I see that and be like, that's not ministry. This is a distraction. Mm, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've been down to the Stowe Center and hung out with you before. Yeah. You just described what you do on a daily basis. <laughs> and I literally leave every single time and I'm like, God, thank you. That there are Josh's in this world <laughs> because you can handle that. I don't know if I could the way that you, you just do it so well. I'm always encouraged when I get to hang out with you down there. I remember when I first met Josh and we went to lunch at a burger place yeah. and it was kind of a hole in the wall burger place right around the corner. Yeah. yeah I'll say right around the corner. It was a little bit of a jaunt yeah. for, for, for me. Yeah. Probably not for you, but we were walking around to that place and you were literally waving I think you talked to like four people on the way there yeah. and it was like, Hey Jimmy and Hey Josh, how are you doing? You know? And, and you were like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? You yeah. okay? You know, and just, it was cool to know that you had these connections yeah. 
um, and you had these authentic relationships and that uh, you knew people, they knew you. Yeah. Cool. And, and, and I think that, like, as we talk about this thing, is there's no special sauce. It's knowing and being known, right? And it's allowing yourself these moments of vulnerability to be able to let people in, but also let them know. Like, I have to be present in order to be trustworthy, right? If I'm not present, if I'm constantly locked away and I'm not active in the community, if I'm not on the streets, if I'm not walking about, if I'm not, like, when the people are hanging out and they're, like, getting rowdy and maybe even, like, you know. So we have, like, people who openly drink and are homeless and, like, being able to sit down with them and just have conversations and, and like, be okay and then figure out, like, what's going on, how's their life, and, and, and with that, then work towards reconciliation and redemption. Um, like being present is such an, it has to be a keystone in what this ministry looks like. And, and that's just what it is. It's presence. Thinking about our network, um, a lot of suburban churches, uh, we have some rural churches, do have some urban churches in our network, um, but largely um, Caucasian, mm-hmm. no matter their, location, whatever. So if you, if you think about urban ministry, yeah. how do we become more diverse as a network Yeah, with church planting, church planters? Yeah. And how do we not just do, I think you were talking about this earlier, focus on racial diversity, but also socioeconomic diversity, which yeah. is what you were, you really hammered home. So can you talk, talk to those couple things? Yeah. I, I think, um, well, absolutely, racial diversity is, is necessary and, and a part of it. And we need a—the body of Christ should not look like one race, right? Because it, it doesn't say that. You look in uh, Revelation, it says every tribe, tongue, and nation t- comes together and worship the Lamb. Like, so we should be a multi-ethnic um, body, because we are, right? That's one of the beauties of the gospel. Um it, but one thing that I always find fascinating is that we can talk about diversity, and we always uh, we always skip socioeconomic diversity, which can be a, a a barrier into a lot of churches, right? So you might have a multi ethnic church, but everybody makes between eighty and one hundred twenty thousand, and are very much, uh, you know, speak the same social cues and codes, right? And like, you know, um, that is one area, but they're also. Uh, I truly believe that there is also a socioeconomic diversity that can happen when you have individuals who are low income, maybe even poor and homeless, in engaging with six figure incomes folks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seven figure incomes folks, your CEOs, and being able to be like, man, there's power in the gospel when we see that uh, amount of diversity. Not only you know socioeconomic, not only racial, but also age, right? That like that's what we want to see down at Salt and Light is we want to see like a mixed uh, church, but from all facets, but all three, right? Um, And I honestly think if you want to have a more diverse church is you have to, one, um, engage with people of different races. Um, Be friends with people that don't look like you. Go to places and be friends and just engage with folks. Um, uh, we, We stay in our own little boxes so often and then we wonder why everyone looks like us. It's because, you know, we don't want to be challenged. We don't want to have these conversations. Like, but... But picking people out of the crowd and be like, you, you come with me and then talk like me and act like me and do these things. Like, can we just be able to be present and like actually have friends that like 
is is our friends diverse? Is our is our people diverse? Do I have friends that are even different socioeconomic class? Is it fine for me to hang out with millionaires? Is it fine for me to hang out with homeless? Is that okay? Or is there like this eternal struggle in me uh, that is like I don't even want to be around that type of diversity. I just want to be comfortable. So I think the reality is like if we want to see change, um, it doesn't always start with like your pastor or your denominational leader or like a church planning network has to charge with the individual. So if there is a, uh, a passion for like, man, we got to get more diverse. Like, so what am I doing actively? What am I doing? How am I getting plugged in? How am I engaging with these issues? Like, what am I, can I just listen instead of constantly being the voice of reason? Is it possible to just be an ear to listen? Um, and that means um, going out of your comfort zone and going to places that you might feel out of place. And that's fine, and that's okay, because um, the gospel is more important than your comfort. Your church should look like Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like the diversity that you see in the uh, in your local community and um, racially should be reflected in your church. And yeah. I think that's good, a good visual for me. Yeah. Because, like, you might be in, you know, it depends on your neighborhood, right? Go to the place where people shop and do commerce. What does that look like, mm -hmm. right? And if that snapshot doesn't look like your local body, like we can have the conversation mm -hmm. and say like, well, why? Why doesn't it? it? Have I gotten accustomed to, you know, just this segment that shops here? Because they're easy and I don't want to deal with problems and I don't want to have like issues and like I might have to like tease some things out more. Uh, I think, like, if you really want to look like your neighborhood, go to where your neighborhood's at and then put that up to your church. And does your body look like that? Josh, thanks so much for your time, man. We, you've taken, like, half a day to spend with us. Not only to... Don't lie, you loved it. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it, guys. I love it. Not only hanging out in the <laughs> offline conversations we had that were very edifying, but just the, the, the episodes. And, and, man, we just we love who you are. You're yeah. a gift to the body of Christ in Columbus. You're a gift to Send Network. You're a gift to Salt and Light. You're a gift to Stowe. Just a gift, man. And to us. And to us. us. Thank you, guys. Yes. I appreciate so, it. We love you, man. We're really Super thankful for how God's using you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.